0: good afternoon to you ladies and gentlemen welcome to Southern California live. I'm Scott furrow, your host and former Dodger spring training ticket holder. so sad we we need we need baseball we need it. Baseball is just a, a comfort in uh, in the difficult times that we're in anyway. We'll see. Maybe we'll get some baseball later on. Live, We're live in Southern California from 3 to 5 each and every weekday, bringing you to the table for some encouragement, some fun, some conversation about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And I hope that you're having a good afternoon. I've got my coffee. And, uh, you know, I was told by a, a listener that I need to, uh, who really wanted to call in yesterday, but I kept saying the phone number too fast. She said, "So you know, that's important feedback, and I, I know I do that, especially when I've got the coffee going. My wife and I, if we're ever meeting with another couple, sometimes we'll meet at a coffee shop or you know, someplace like that. And uh, sometimes I just get going, and then her her hand will just gently come over and uh, sort of push me back in the chair, and then she'll apologize for me. So let me give you the the number so you can join our conversation. And I will admit to you, I've had a lot of coffee today. It's been that kind of a day. I've got a lot going on." you can join our conversation here. In fact, I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to look to uh, Dennis Prager maybe for some inspiration for how to speak slower and uh, get this out here. 888 LA Talks, that's the number. 888-528-2557. 888 LA Talks. That number is 888-528-2557. Now, I encourage you to put that in your phone because you never know when you're going to feel like I got to be a part of this conversation like this one listener did yesterday. And if you just have it in your phone, if it's in your contacts, if it's ready to go, you may think to yourself, I'm never calling into a radio show. I don't do that. You know what? This show you might. This show you just might have the, the spirit of God prompting you to join this conversation because you might add something that will change somebody's life. That is the power of this program. So 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And if you don't think you can call in, but you want to email, you can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I used to write on my sermon notes, right on the top of every page, slow down and uh, sometimes that helps. Maybe I'll give myself a sign. Do I talk too fast? I, you have know, so much information, so much going on in the world today that we, we want to talk about. All right, so today, uh, lots of things we want to talk about in our program today, and uh, we'll get to some updates on uh, the war in Ukraine and some things going on. We'll do that a little bit more next hour, but I don't want to miss some of the other things that are going on that are important and important to you, important to us as believers. And in this case, important to, I think this affects every single person. What's going on in our schools and particularly with the curriculum. And a big issue that has been a national story is what's called the don't say gay bill. You know what I'm talking about in Florida? It just got, it just got passed. It's uh it gets referred to as the don't say gay bill, but that is not at all what it is. In fact, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis was asked about the don't say gay bill and by a reporter, and this was his response.
1: Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill, because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it classroom instruction on
0: sexual identity and gender orientation. For
1: who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum.
0: And so that was Governor Ron DeSantis, and I was happy that he corrected him because they – what happens a lot with the ability to manipulate a subject is something that is actually called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. That's actually what the bill is called, and I'll share with you a couple of things. That's what it's called, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, and it comes from parents, and I would be one of these parents if I was in Florida, and I am one of these parents here in California. I don't want my preschooler or my kindergartner or first second or third grader probably even older than that having any discussion about sexuality at all certainly not any instruction and so there's nothing in the bill that says you can't say gay and uh, or nothing like that and that's where that comes from it it changes the conversation it turns it into kind of a gay rights thing when really it's meant to be a parental rights thing and that bill passed the uh, Republican-controlled Senate in Florida 22 to 17 uh, on Tuesday. And now it will be signed and go into effect next year. Actually, and the other thing here is that that reporter asked the question, it was kind of faint, I don't know if you can hear it, Then suggested that the bill restricts instruction, or, and it does. In, and I think the reporter says this instruction is true, but some of the critics out there are saying it restricts discussion, about these issues, and it does not it restricts instruction and what that means is that if a if a kid who's maybe in the third grade has a question about it uh, they're allowed to discuss it in a in a private conversation or if it comes up it 's not like you just can 't answer all right so there are a couple of things that are really important to understand about that it restricts instruction but not discussion um, and uh, it applies to it applies to lesson plans not informal conversation. The Biden administration opposes the bill, but what's interesting about it is President Biden, when he was in the Senate uh, about 25 years ago, in the last century, has he been in the in the government for how many centuries now? Just two? Okay, just two. Uh, in the last century, so it was a while ago, but he supported a bill that was even stronger in its wording that restricted specifically any discussion about homosexuality in a positive way. That's the bill that he voted for a few years ago. So his press secretary, Jen Saki, was asked about this. Go to Psaki, clip number one.
1: In terms of his views and comments from 25 years ago, I think the most important question now is why are Florida leaders deciding they need to s- discriminate against kids who are members of the LGBTQI community? What prompts them to do that? Is it meanness? Is it wanting to make kids have more difficult times in school in their communities? I would pose that
0: question to them, and we can talk about it more tomorrow if you get an answer. See, that's the, uh, the thing that we do now is that we don't have a real answer. We don't have an answer that's based in fact or we don't have an answer to that question that's based in anything in reality. So what we're going to tell you instead is that you're a bully and nobody likes bullies and nobody wants to be called a bully, especially if you're not a bully. In fact, I think even if you are a bully, you don't like to be called a bully. Uh, you don't want people to really know you're a bully because then they might punch you in the face, which might stop you from becoming a bully. And so that's kind of the the turnaround that we see in our culture today is that if you don't agree with something that is part of a certain agenda, then you must be a bad person. Now, this happens in some, you know, in all kinds of ways, sort of left and right on some things, uh, but it's pretty serious here when it's talking about the kids. And there is a clear agenda, a sexual agenda towards our, our young kids. And there's a lot of information about that that's out there. Um, She was asked again about this because she dodged the question. Here is her response when she was asked a second time about why the president is supporting against the bill now when he supported something more severe just a few years ago.
1: Was there a reason you supported the same policy, though, in in the 90s when we were in school? I think what's important to note here is how outspoken the president has been against discrimination, against uh, kids, against members of the LGBTQI plus community. And what we're looking at here is a bill that would propagate misinformed, hateful policies and impact children.
0: Does a five-year-old have any role, any idea that they're part of any sort of sexual community, a heterosexual community, or whatever. That's not at all what this is doing here. That's not what this bill does. It doesn't restrict discussion. And what the bill does is it also does not require uh, teachers to out students who might be having same-sex attraction or some questions about these things, and they come up. Um, It does say you can't withhold information. So if your five-year-old has got sexual questions, you know what I would want from my, my kid's teacher? In fact, my kids right now, 7th grade and 4th grade, I would want to know right now if they have questions about any of these things. My older son, we've had the talk, and he giggled all the way through it. In fact, he couldn't deal with it. He was like standing on his head in the car. We drove out to the beach and sat in the car, and I thought I would have this fatherly conversation. I got it all out there, um, and he, he dealt with it. But you know what? If he were to have some conversation with his teacher and he was struggling in some way, I'd like to know. And for sure, if my fourth grader, who is nine, has questions about this, not only would I like to know that he has those issues, I would like to know where he got it. What's he looking at in an era where he has classmates who have a smartphone with probably no restrictions? That's the era we live out. See, basically, this bill and others like it is about sex ed for the little kids. Why do we need to push any sort of sexual agenda? There's something greater going on. It is spiritual, and it's happening everywhere. And I invited a guest on our program today who's been with us before. His name is David Schmoos. He's the executive director of Christian Educators Association International. And he's going to join us because he's an expert on this subject. And what he does as part of what Christian Educators Association International does is it works with public school teachers who are believers and people who work in the public schools who are believers. And how do we deal with these issues how do we engage parents how do teachers who are in our schools and administrators deal with these things without getting in trouble and it's getting harder and harder and you know we live in a time and many of you I know are are thinking about public school and school choice and those are great issues and I'm behind those issues but public schools are going to be inevitable whatever happens in the next couple of years with the the movements that I think are much stronger now because of these sorts of bills and because of what we learned during COVID, is going on in our classrooms for homeschooling and private schools and school choice those are much stronger they're still going to be public schools and there are a lot of believers who are called to be teachers in the public schools and that's a great thing that uh david and this organization does is they support christian public school teachers and i wanted to have him on here to to have this discussion with us david welcome to southern california live Hello
1: how you doing,
0: Scott? I'm doing fine, David. How are you this fine afternoon on a Wednesday?
1: I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to hear your voice and so good to be back on your show.
0: yeah, it's great to have you. Hey um what is your thought about this thing going on in Florida, and how would she this kind of bill? I mean maybe people think well, that's three thousand miles away, but we're in California. Hello where are we at how How does it fit in with us
1: <laughs> well uh... To think, to dream that a bill like that could be passed here is is a nice thing. Uh, of course, through God, anything is possible. But uh, certainly, we would love to see uh, legislation here in California that would really free teachers up from having to discuss these issues with youngsters. I mean, yeah, a six-year-old uh, doesn't need to be having conversations about uh, sexual identity and and uh, sexual preference and anything sexual. Uh, we need to leave that to parents, and I know our members uh, certainly agree with that, and uh, we would love to see legislation on a similar vein here in California. Uh, Not holding our breath, of course, unless uh, God does something miraculous with our our electorate and our legislatures and things, but uh, nonetheless, we are certainly contending and praying for that.
0: Well, we don't want to uh, suggest that God can't do a miracle, but there's going to have to be a lot of prayer and a lot of work, I think, on Mm -hmm. the, the, the church's part, and in particular, parents' or grandparents' guardians' to get involved. And yes. uh, over over the last, uh, say during the COVID, what did you see as far as parental involvement? What are we seeing as far as that goes in, in California?
1: Well, something that was actually uh, very refreshing about what happened during COVID, I think it largely was a disaster for kids' uh, mental health and educational uh, progress. But uh, what we did see is we saw examples of parents uh, getting to sort of lean over the shoulder, if you will, and watch some of the instruction that was happening and get more involved, and uh, I think that's a contributing factor to why you saw, for example, the San Francisco school board turnover uh, a few months ago, and why you're seeing more and more parents run for school board and win uh, school board elections. I know in the community I live in, uh, in your Belinda, we had our school board uh, uh, significantly impacted uh, by a influx of concerned parents this past time around, and so. Uh, I'm I'm actually pretty encouraged, uh, you know, more so than I would have been, I think, uh, without COVID, uh, based on what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think what happened is parents understood that there's a much greater reason to be involved. And you mentioned the San Francisco recall. If people aren't aware, San Francisco, a couple of weeks ago, recalled three of their school board members and... What I think is very relevant about this is this was not some kind of right-wing Republican group that got together to recall liberal school board members. It was not a left-and-right thing. Everybody involved with this was on the left. The people who got recalled, it was funny because they tried to say, oh, this is a bunch of right-wing stuff. The voters who voted, only 6% were Republicans. 23%, I think, were independents. All the rest were Democrats. And what I want to say here is that this – should not be a partisan issue. This should not be left mm-hmm. and right. All of us, yes. whatever our politics might be, we need to be paying attention to what is happening to our kids in school. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And, you know, it's the nature of many of these, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, leftist radicals uh, who are trying to uh, take education in a very strange direction. It's, it's their sort it's their of nature to overplay their hand. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that all over the country, uh, and the teachers' unions also, you know, overplayed their hand during COVID, and they yes. said, "We're going to keep our we're going to keep our teachers out of schools because we don't feel they're safe," and and you know, we're going to we're going to Target, we're going to you know, Chick fil A, we're going to all kinds of places, and there's and there's uh, people there taking our orders and serving us in restaurants and, and all kinds of places, but uh, and children were were the evidence kept showing that children were not. Spreaders for the great, you know, to a great extent, they they were not at risk certainly of, of the disease uh, for the most part, and yet uh, these powerful teachers' unions were were uh, collaborating and conspiring with the CDC, doing things like that to keep schools closed. And now we're yeah. seeing the the devastation uh, that that happened during uh, in terms of uh, suicide rates, in terms of learning loss. You know, these kids are so far behind and. Teachers say they've come back into this, into this, in the classrooms and they're just they don't know how to relate to other kids. They've lost those abilities, and we had we had teacher reports of teachers just crying uh, between classes or after school because they they're just seeing the devastation wrought in the hearts and minds of their students, and uh, it's been devastating. And I think the teachers' unions definitely overplayed their hand, uh, and, and now we're seeing this groundswell of of interest in, in school choice and more parental involvement and, and other options and. And so uh, uh, there's some good that's going to come out of that, I think. But it's just, it's, it's sad that that had to happen.
0: Yeah. I, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and my guest is David Schmooze. And we're talking about uh, school and parental inv- involvement. You're right about the teachers' union. They're still overplaying their hand. So we we get rid mm-hmm. of the mask mandates, and some schools are still going to keep the masks on the kids. Um uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, nobody else has one, like you said, Chick-fil-A, everywhere else. I can go to the Super Bowl, I can go everywhere else, but only the yeah. the kids, who, and it's bad for their mental health. That's actually what the science has to say. Yeah, um, I know. And, yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? I mean, we watch the Super Bowl, and then the next day, all those kids are going back to school with masks on, and the kids are the one who are, the kids are the ones who, unless they have some kind of complication or health condition, are really not in danger from COVID, yeah. and yet they're the ones who are punishing with the masks. I, that made no sense to me.
0: It doesn't make sense, but I think... You know, one of the things that we're talking about here is the mask issue is nothing compared to the other things that that kids are being instructed with, in particular with sexual activity and attitudes about uh, that, even related to health and other things, the the healthy side of it being ignored. Um, And this is a place where we find ourselves as Christians who might be involved with the public school in a difficult place. How Mm -hmm. do you. Stay involved as a ministry in a place where there is, and I'm just going to say it is just evil that is being yes. done to our kids. Yes,
1: you know that was a great question, Scott, and you know it it clued me in a great deal to how we do that and, and how we try to support our members and, and educators. When you know, I was a, I used to be a classroom teacher in Southern California. I taught AP US History, Government at the high school level, and. You know, I had a conversation with our assistant principal for activities once, and uh, she confided in me. She said, you know, every year for the last several years, my students have wanted to do a a Pride Week or, a you know, something along those lines to, uh, you know, bring this stuff into our school. And every year I've said, no, why don't we pick something else? <laughs> and to realize to the extent that Christians in our public schools, uh, on, a, on, a, on one side, are, are these sort of gatekeepers and screeners standing in the gap and preventing a lot of this stuff from actually being implemented in particular schools or particular classrooms. Of course, we see enough of it as is, right, because there aren't enough uh, courageous Christians to go around right now in our public schools. I wish there were more. And we're working on that. Uh, so that's on one hand they're sort of a defensive shield for many of those kids. Uh, on the other hand, though, we also train us, well, train them to go on offense and to say, "Hey, you can go into a school and you can you can bring the culture and kingdom of Jesus with you." You know, you may not be able to. Um, you have an altar call in your classroom or to pray out loud uh, during, during class with your students. But uh, you can go in there, listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit, trust Him to lead you, ask for divine appointments, ask for Him to uh, partner with Him to bring the culture of the kingdom into your classroom in terms of the way you manage it, in terms of the way you respond to your students. And, and you will be surprised. I was surprised how often God gave me opportunities to share with, with colleagues, with parents, even with students sometimes. Uh, about who Jesus was, and and to have really a rich ministry, even in the context of public schools. You know, we see that, of course, with in the Bible, with people like Daniel and Esther, people that were called into some very dark places and mm-hmm. and called to carry a level of authority, yeah. uh, and how they how they carried out that authority in a godly way and brought uh, brought transformation to their to their cultures through it. And so that's kind of our model. We want to see an army of of Christian mature Christian believers filled with the Holy Spirit go into our public schools as missionaries and say, "How can I not not break the law, uh, but how can I be um, uh, salt and light, an ambassador for Jesus in the midst of this dark place?"
0: I think that um, one of the things that maybe some people are are who are listening are wondering is, "What really can I do?" And when we come back from the break here in just a minute. There is a movie that is being released in uh, theaters, I believe it will be in theaters this weekend, and if not, uh, if you can't go to it at a theater, it'll be something that's available to you to show in a church or show uh, in another organization. It's called Whose Children Are They?, and it addresses the these issues and more, and in particular, it's addressing, I believe, and you're going to speak to it after the break here, David, uh, the issue of are the are the children in our community, not just Christian kids, all the kids... Do they, yes. are, should parents have a role here or do they belong to the village? Do they belong mm-hmm. to uh, the government in a sense? It's actually, yes. uh, that sounds crazy, but that is what the agenda is that these are not your mm-hmm. children. There are collective children, and that's why uh, this movement to teach things to kids that should not be taught uh, is happening mm-hmm. because somebody's decided that's the agenda. Um, you're listening yep. to Southern California Live. My guest is David Schmoos. He is the the executive director for Christian Educators Association International. We're talking about parents in schools and uh, all of us, really, our, our involvement that we should have with our kids and what's happening with our kids in our communities. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Wednesday Southern California Live edition. I'll be right back. Welcome back everybody, Southern California Live, Scott Furrow, good to be with you. Our phone number is 888-528-2557. The easy way to remember it is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-LA-TALKS. And uh, if you look at your phone, there still are the the letters right there on the numbers on your phone, and you just spell out LA-TALKS, 888-LA-TALKS. Uh, 888-528-2557, if you remember the numbers there. You can call in. Our guest is David Schmooz. He is the executive director of Christian Educators Association International. And we're talking about parents' roles in public schools and what we can all do, not just parents, but all of us. Uh, When we were in the first section, first segment, we were talking about the Don't Say Gay bill and how that has been portrayed in the media and now we're talking about right here in California and it's gone pretty far and a tool that is coming out and uh, David's going to speak to this in a minute is a movie that is available this weekend it's called Whose Children Are They and it's a documentary that features teachers and parents and frontline experts who really do pulled back the curtain about what's happening in our public schools and what the instruction is and uh, David you were able to see this uh, in advance uh, what's your take
1: Yeah, I I did. And let me let me say first, Scott, I I need to correct that a little bit. Sorry about that. But it's actually being shown on only one day, which is Monday on Monday, March 14th. So it's not it's not going to be in theaters this weekend, but you can go to whosechildrenarethey.com and get tickets for this one day event on Monday, March 14th. And I'm excited about this movie for one reason, is, is four of the people interviewed happen to be members of our organization. So I'm mm. uh, very excited about that and, and the favor God's given them to, to be part of this uh, production. Uh, what this movie does is, it, is it really, it, it's, a, it's a long documentary. It really covers a lot of bases. It goes through a kind of the, the history of education and, and really the connection of specifically the unions uh, and education in general, public education in the, in the modern sense. Uh, to leftism and and Marxism, and it kind of makes that connection. It goes through the various things we've experienced lately, like what happened during the COVID shutdown, a little bit what we were talking about earlier, uh, critical race theory, uh, what's happening with uh, what's called restorative justice, and this idea that we can... Uh, simply by not punishing kids, we can make it more equitable or make the the numbers between different racial groups in terms of how much your discipline kind of come out even, which is kind of the goal. Uh, And then the the havoc that that is wreaking in terms of ignoring and enabling violence and things like that. It talks about the radical sex ed uh, that's uh, happening in our schools. And by the way, uh, do not take your children to this movie. Um, The sex ed uh, section is uh, quite disturbing, which, of course, is the point uh, to show what's uh, happening in some of our schools.
0: I, um, think those, I think that might be one of the I think that might be one of the most interesting things is what you're gonna see yes. in this. It is disturbing. Yes.
1: Um, yes.
0: And and, that, w- and
1: that's why we need more Christian teachers to, to stand in the gap because when Christian teachers get this curriculum, they can kind of like, okay, well we're not gonna cover that part of it, right? <laughs> um and so it also covers things like transgenderism and, and the gender agenda and protecting girls' sports. It talks about uh lowering standards for the sake of equity you know by kind of like eliminating the gap by eliminating achievement is kind of the idea uh that we're seeing now um turning kids into social justice warriors uh teaching kind of victim history as I sometimes call it and and really how the un the teachers unions have had their hands in all of these things um, but the good news is as, as the movie points out is that hey, we have 30 states in this nation that have introduced bills that uh, allow f- school funding to follow the student rather than the school system. Of course, they haven't passed those bills yet. We have seen that in a few states, but um, but there, things are on the move. We're seeing uh, parents run for school board. We're seeing uh, parents using uh, Freedom of Information Act requests to get uh, have a, a exposure to some of the Kind of conspiracy level stuff going on let's, behind the scenes yeah. to let's talk about uh, bring that a little bit the,
0: the transparency issue because you know you mentioned how it addresses and we kind of have these buzzwords right the Marxism or you know CRT and other stuff and it isn't that there aren't real questions related to to race and related to other things right. that need to be addressed and that needs to be taught you know sometimes right. it goes the other way and like we're just not going to teach about that it's like no you still have to yes. teach about that um, right. And you still have to answer those questions. But mm-hmm. I think people are going to be, and can, we continue to be shocked when we find out what actually is being taught. Tell us how Freedom of Information Act works.
1: Yeah, and that's a great point, Scott. Yeah, we don't necessarily want to shut down discussion or debate, per se, although we're talking about six-year-olds and sex.
0: Right, there's and sex, there's, that, two, there's two way. issues. there. We do want to but, shut it down for the little kids, I think. You know, not all yeah. of it, but the yeah. sexual stuff for sure. Uh, the state. older kids, we got to engage. But how do right. and, how do we find and the goal out what's I think happening? There
1: is rather than trying to get um, curriculum that say represents our point of view as much as because you know that's you know that brings up uh, establishment clauses and, and, and issues like that. What the, the goal I think is to get transparency, and uh, the, we do that in two ways. One is is we get bills passed either at states or at local level that require school districts to post curriculum online. To make things available ahead of time Uh, you know there's some effort to get bills passed um, that would say things like hey anytime uh, sexuality or things are discussed it's got to be posted online at least a certain amount of time ahead of time and even california by the way requires that with the sex ed law uh, that things have to be transparent. I'm not sure. I don't think the law says it has to be posted online, but it does have to be made available to um, parents. And one way that we're seeing this uh, kind of the the, the sunlight, the, the sanitizing sunlight, get expo- exposing some of these things is through free- freedom of information act requests. And and I would encourage parents out there to do that. To um, you know go to their school district and say, how do I file a, a FOIA request? Um, and and I I want to I want to get any you know emails or documents floating around the district to have these words in them things like diversity equity inclusion, sex ed, uh, transgender or gender. Uh, and, and if you sometimes they'll play with you, and if you don't get the right don't get the right keywords, your search won't kind of like Google, right? Your search won't come up right. But if you um, you know think about what what words they would use for these things, they're you know they're probably not going to have critical race theory floating around in their emails uh, because they're smarter than that but they will have diversity, equity, inclusion, and then you can see uh, what, um, you know, what is contained in those things and see how to what extent they're influenced by some of these uh, CRT-based ideologies we're seeing. So, so that's a great tool for parents. Fi- file those FOIA requests, expose these things to the light of day, and of course, you're seeing around the country when that happens, parents get involved and yeah. they get active and they bring change. And so yeah. I think that's a very powerful tool.
0: I think that transparency helps with that because I think when you hear, you know, words uh what diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, there's good things that are attached to those words and so yes. you don't worry about yes. it and there are you you want to have uh progress in areas of race and other things and Absolutely. I think I think that we use these words in a, in a sense that the regular person just hears them for what they mean but the academic and the person with an agenda has some – there's a much deeper meaning, and it does take some research. Yep. It's going to it take it parents does. some time. But this is the yeah, transparency because, thing, that when you see it, you know what it is. Like, oh, yep. you know what yep. I mean? Yep.
1: Because some, sometimes I want to reduce critical race theory. Oh, we just want people to teach honest history. And of course we should teach honest history. Of course we should teach about slavery and Jim Crow and, and the Tulsa race riots and all those things. Um, we should, you know, warts and all, right? That's how we should cover our history. But, um, CRT is so much more than that. And, and when we, we try to we accept the canard that it's only about teaching honest history, um, uh, that's <laughs> just, uh, that's just not true. And, uh, and so it's so much more than that. It labels kids oppressors or victims based upon their skin color. It, it guilts people. It shames people. It, you know, it goes so much more beyond that. And so. Um, yeah drawing those distinctions is very critical
0: well and the the problem isn't necessarily the question the problem is so much the solution which does not offer redemption it doesn't mm-hmm. offer a yes. way forward and yes. uh, it just offers how can we all find new ways to call each other oppressors and whatever and even if right. we are the oppressor well what's the what's the resolution you know how do right. you move forward um yes. so i think for for people listening and I don't want to just Leave this to parents. I mean, parents, I think, and I'm a parent, and it upsets me significantly, but if you're not a parent or you don't plan on being a parent or you're a grandparent, so you like leaving the uh, troublesome things to your kids, um, I think we need a role because the society needs to be aware that this is damaging the kids. And like I said, we we should not make this a left and right issue. This needs to be Mm -hmm. right and wrong. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah, and who can argue with transparency, right? And that's right. that's part of the goal. That's part of the strategy here is to say, hey, we're not we're not trying to advance our agenda. We're just trying to say, hey, it should be it should be public uh, record. It should be public information, publicly accessible. What's being taught in schools?
0: Do parents and, and have, what's in school libraries, right? Yeah. Would you say that uh, one way for parents to get involved in most school districts? There's some kind of PTA, right? Parent Teacher Association. There's a way. Yeah, sometimes.
1: Um, What I'm what I'm encouraged to see, though, because in some cases, the PTA has become kind of a a, a branch of the teachers union, you know, at least at the national level. So um, uh, there are. But I am seeing and in fact, this this movie, um, uh, Whose Children Are They?, actually introduces us to some of these new parent organizations that are popping up. So, um, yes, uh, parents are getting more active. They're getting more active in, in better ways. Uh, on these issues. It's fun to see parents go before school boards and, for example, read read tra- read transcripts or read uh, excerpts out of libra- books in their in the school library. They're right. obscene, right?
0: Completely <laughs> and the obscene.
1: The school board says, hey, stop saying that. You're like, yeah. well, that's my
0: point. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing, is that it's too offensive for the school board meeting, but it's not offensive right. for the third graders. You right. You right. mentioned, you know, you, that's the absurdity, and, and don't miss that this is spiritual. Because it, yes. it doesn't make sense, and many people, right. I think, maybe are listening and going, nah, that can't be, or it's just, it's happening in one place that we heard about in Virginia or another place in New York, mm-hmm. and it's happening in California because we're weird, but it's happening everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it doesn't yep. make sense, but it makes sense if you believe that there's a devil, if you believe there's an evil one who wants to destroy our kids. Yep. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, that's
1: why I love what you know what we do here at CAI because we we understand that there's a there's a culture war, but yeah. behind the culture war there's a kingdom war, and we work very hard to train our teachers to realize hey you carry the authority of Jesus Christ when you walk onto a school campus and you may not be able to fix as, a, as an educator some of these bigger macro cultural issues, but you can uh, go into your classroom and dispel darkness. You 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 can bring the light of Jesus with you, and so. Uh, we believe that if, if we have enough teachers doing that, that that over time, you know, uh, politics is downstream from culture, right? We can, we can transform right. culture uh, if we're in place in these public schools where we can kind of have this influence. And uh, we work very hard to train our teachers to do that, and I'm just very excited about that effort.
0: You're listening to Southern California Live. Our number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, we're going to take a break and be back with David Smooze in just a couple of moments. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrer with you. Good to be with you. 888-LA-TALKS is our phone number. 888-528-2557 is the number that we have. My guest is David Schmooz. He's from Christian Educators Association International. And uh, we've been talking about what we can do to be connected as citizens, parents, grandparents, guardians, but really all of us need to be paying attention to what is happening to our kids. And I think one of the things that I hope we can do and many people listening are you know, coming from different angles on the political spectrum. But so many of these things have been sort of left and right. And I think an encouraging thing that's happening is that I believe we have a lot more that we are, from the left and right standpoint, agreeing on rather than disagreeing. For example, we've talked about the San Francisco vote that happened, which was mostly everybody on the left. And one of the things they were most offended by was the whole idea that uh, merit doesn't matter anymore. Um, and that it, you know, in a sense, it almost doesn't matter if you're able to read or not, as long as you don't feel bad about it, uh, I think, somehow. Yeah. Uh, is yeah, it's that. like
1: eliminating achievement. Eliminating the achievement gap by eliminating achievement,
0: right? <laughs> right. that That is what's happening, and I don't know if we realize that. That's happened to some extent even in colleges. San Diego State uh, and some other state schools have done that. You know, it's sort of like everything's pass or fail, but um, mm-hmm. or even where you take the uh, the people who worked really hard to get an A or 100% and you reduce their score. Uh, it's like a reverse curve that's happening in some school places around the, the country. Can you imagine that? You worked really hard, and you studied, yeah. and you didn't go out with your friends. You you worked really hard. You pushed through whatever your family issues are, other stuff that's a distraction. You didn't play the video games, and mm-hmm. you get 100%, but then your grade comes back as uh, 92% because the rest of your class didn't study so hard.
1: That's right. Hard and to imagine anything more demoralizing than that.
0: Right. Then why should you study and why should you learn? Yep. And it affects your ability to get the scholarship that you wanted. Mm-hmm. It it affects uh everybody mentally. It's not good and uh this is this is demonic. It's not left and right. Mm-hmm. It's just it's wrong because it's harming all of us. Now your organization yeah, yeah. Go
1: ahead. In a similar way that you know, if you're a female athlete and all of a sudden you've got a biological male competing against you. Um <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's it is demoralizing and why are we accepting that why does the NCAA think that's okay um know, you know and well. she you know she wins she he she wins by 45 seconds you know uh she's out of the pool and dried off and given her a speech before the second place person comes in <laughs> right. um I don't know why we think that's okay and it yeah. isn't to not, you know to not want to address whatever's going on with her mm-hmm. but why is it acceptable to people who, especially to people who are worried about patriarchy, to yeah. let a man get involved in and become the winner? Isn't that patriarchy? Oh, I can't do well against yeah. the men. I'll just be a girl, and right. now I can win it, all the gold it, it, medals.
1: You're right. It's not logical. It's demonic, and, and yeah. you're absolutely right about that, Scott. Yeah,
0: it's wrong. All right. Tell us about, you know, we get into all of all of this, and, you know, this is for a lot of our listeners. You know, this is why we're in support of school choice. Um, and incidentally, I know that you know a lot about this too. Across the country, the school choice movement is is happening. It's not real successful yet, but it's moving uh, very quickly in that direction. How many states mm-hmm. would you say uh, bills are actually being considered?
1: Yeah, there's uh, the, according to the video I saw, and that was information I hadn't heard. But I knew about a few states that have passed them. I think South Carolina's one, but there's apparently thirty states. Uh, that have had bills introduced, and um, here in California, there's a bill, um, there's a ballot initiative rather, that should be on the ballot. We hope for 2022, uh, called the Educational Freedom Act, uh, that would actually give parents uh, $14,000 of uh, pure, I can't never say that per pupil spending essentially, uh, to take with them to any school that they want to go to. And uh, if this were to pass, and you know, I didn't think it usually, ha- I didn't think it used to have a chance. Uh, but given what happened in San Francisco, given what's happening, I kind of wonder uh, if this has a possibility uh, to take $14,000 of funding with you uh, to any school you want. And then if you don't spend it all, you can actually set it aside for college. Uh, think right. about homeschool families, you know, right, getting um, getting $14,000 a year that they can just bank most of it for their college, kids. Co- I mean, wow, this could really um, – uh, be a, a, an earthquake for public education in California if it were to pass in there but it first has to get on the ballot so we'll right. see what happens
0: with that Well and I think that the it's called funding the student right so that the money right. goes with the individual students not to the school and right. you know if you want to talk about you know institutional problems of class warfare or race or other things part of it is in the school how we do schools where the rich neighborhoods get more money because they pay more property yep. tax uh, and this is yep. unfair to the poor kids, uh, who tend to be people of color in the way things are. And this is a serious yeah. thing. So people are saying, well, "Why yep. don't you just send your kid?" This is the response that we got from people this week. Right? Is well, you can just send your kid to a po- to a private school. Well, no, you yep. can't if you don't have the money. Yep. Right. Um, hey but Scott, here we, we got a,
1: a big event coming up. Can I, yeah. can I? I know our time is running out. Can I tell you? Tell you? Yes,
0: absolutely. On? Tell us about that event.
1: Awesome. Uh, we, of course, it's easy to say public school teachers who are Christians should go into schools and carry Jesus with them and and you know walk in the authority and all that. But that's really hard to do, and especially hard to do if we're alone and we we don't have a source of encouragement or community in that. So uh, that's the idea of an event. It's going to be uh, March 26th, uh, Saturday night. We're going to have Dr. J. P. Moreland come and speak to us, a world-renowned philosopher. Uh, lover of Jesus and we're going to have testimonies going to worship and, the, and we expect between 100 or 200 or maybe more uh, Christian teachers, mostly public school teachers from all around Southern California coming to Anaheim. It's going to be at Vineyard Anaheim uh, in, uh, on the on, on La Palma. It only costs twenty dollars It includes dinner. starts at five o'clock. We've got some great workshops to start us off. Uh, JP Moreland's going to be doing something about anxiety and depression. I'm going to be talking about, Uh, How do we endure in the mission field of our public schools uh, with all this wokeism that's coming in? Uh, We have a a session on teaching in the spirit. And then we're going to sit down for a main event uh, with dinner, testimonies, Biola University is sponsoring it. And we're going to have a little interview with J.P. Moreland. We're going to talk about uh, how do we kind of walk naturally, supernaturally in our public schools? You know, how do we see... Uh, more works of God happening in our midst and and in front of our eyes? And how do we kind of posture ourselves for God to work through us more effectively? And I think it's just going to be a real blessing uh, to so many teachers. We've done these now. This is our sixth one. We've done these. And just to watch the teachers walk out of these events so encouraged, so lifted up, you know, so many teachers are are about to leave the profession. I think I saw a study that said 54% of educators Mm -hmm. nationwide are considering leaving the profession in the next two years. Yeah. Uh, we're just seeing uh, a, a bomb go off, if you will, in terms of the availability of teachers in our schools. And, and it's because they need encouragement. It, it's chaotic what's happening with these kids coming back from COVID and the learning loss and the lack of support and all the wokeism. And they just can't do it alone. And so um, if, if that's you, if you know a teacher uh, who needs encouragement, uh, if you are a teacher, uh, please come. Uh, you can find out more if you go to ceai.org. Slash Lift SoCal. That's ceai.org slash Lift SoCal. Um, you'll get a, get there on that event. You'll read the details. You can register, and uh, again, only twenty dollars. And we would love to see you uh, get get encouraged, get fellowship, uh, do some sit, sit in God's presence together a little bit, and um, and we'd love to bless you with that. So I uh, love to see you there, and um, yeah, I'm really excited about this.
0: And this is an event that is for public school teachers. Um, and um, so if you know somebody or if you're listening and you're a teacher, the website again is CEAI.org. And it's CEAI.org slash, what's the second part there?
1: Lift, lift SoCal. Lift SoCal. Uh, lift SoCal, yeah.
0: All right. And Christian Educators International, or Association International, CEAI, is a uh, national organization. And I think that uh, our, our listeners should be encouraged a theme that keeps repeating itself on our program. And I think it's the spirit of God doing this is the theme of remaining where you are, because there's so many of us who are just bailing out. Um, And some of us are called to leave and go do something else. And that's God's call. But for so many of us, God's call is to stay. And what your organization does is you help people stay in the public school. So the light doesn't go out. uh, The light of God. Uh, David, union. Uh, go ahead. And
1: and so we offer an alternative to be not be part of the union. They can get liability insurance, job protection benefits, right. all kinds of support from us that they couldn't get from the union.
0: That's right. There are so many resources. So if you're a teacher or you know somebody who's a teacher, pass along this information: ceai. dot mm-hmm. org. It's a great organization, and it will help them. And like we're saying, it uh, I think it encourages all of us because public schools are inevitable. Whatever happens with all these other issues, the public school is going to be here right. to stay. That's and right. wouldn't it be great if it is reformed and uh, becomes great? Uh, David, right. thank you very right. much for joining me mm-hmm. on our program today. Um, I thank really you, always appreciate God. speaking with you and everything that you are doing for our teachers. God bless you. Yeah, such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. All right, David. Thank you very much. A lot of stuff there, there, isn't it? But I think that we have got to be not so comfortable with, with where we're sitting, Each one of us in our churches and other places, and not just comfortable to condemn teachers or teachers' unions or things that aren't going well, but to say, what can we do to help the Christians who are involved? What can we do to see that public school down the street from our church or just in our neighborhood as a mission? One of the things that I've experienced in ministry, and I know many of you have before, is that when you go to that public school and you offer to help the faculty, We've done things before where we buy lunch or we have giveaways, we show up to the events, we help with grad nights, things like that. You find that whatever the separation of church and state wall that you might think is there, you find out it becomes very imaginary quickly because people are people and there are people struggling in all kinds of ways and they need to be loved. They need to see the light of Christ in us and that's what we can offer. So I want to encourage you, do not ignore these issues. Do not ignore our kids. Um, this generation of kids growing up, uh, they have tremendous challenges, significant challenges, things that I think we can't even mention. You know, that, that movie, just to mention it a second before we go here, um, that he's talking about, um, Whose Children Are They? is what it's called. It's going to be next Monday. Go to whoschildrenarethey.com. Um he said he couldn't even show that to his staff because it's so graphic and so shocking that it it's something that you should be prepared for, but we we should watch that that he'll you know the staff should watch it individually. Be involved. there's great work that we can do, but we've got to step out there and be involved. This is Southern California live. I'm Scott Furr. We'll be back with our two in just a moment. stay with us.